When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there. I want to welcome you to what I hope will be a yearly tradition, and that's my re-airing of my episode on the infamous Star Wars Holiday Special. If this is the first time you're hearing about this thing, you are in for a disastrous treat. If you remember this episode I've done, I hope you enjoyed this look back at it. The Star Wars Holiday Special has somehow become a part of my regular holiday viewing, and I watch it every Festivus, which is December 23rd. But ever since this episode I did about the Holiday Special came out last year, there have been some more occurrences and references to it. This is proof that this thing will never go away, and maybe we are getting closer to a full remastered re-release of it. When I first released this episode, there were nods to the holiday special in The Mandalorian when they referenced the Wookiee Holiday Life Day, meaning the Star Wars holiday special is now Star Wars canon. There's also the Lego Star Wars holiday special that also referenced Life Day and used actual audio footage of the Wookiees from the original special. Since then, there have been a few new inclusions of the Star Wars holiday special in the mainstream. The first is the announcement of a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special for Disney Plus to be released next year. This will no doubt make reference to the original Star Wars one. Then, if you saw the Disney Plus documentary on Boba Fett, you saw the part where George Lucas reluctantly references the holiday special. This is a big deal, as he has famously refused to have anything to do with its existence. And what he's referencing is the cartoon in the holiday special, which featured the very first appearance of Boba Fett. And this relates to the most significant development, and that is release of the Star Wars Vintage Collection on Disney+. This collection features those old Ewok live-action TV movies from the 80s, the Ewoks cartoon, and then the inclusion of a 10-minute cartoon called The Faithful Wookiee. And if you know where this is coming from, this is the cartoon taken right from the Star Wars holiday special. This was pretty astounding to see. The funny thing is, there is no explanation or backstory for this cartoon. For those who are unaware of the holiday special, this cartoon on Disney Plus must have just come right out of left field and make zero sense. The other funny thing is this cartoon is stated as having a 2021 release date, which is also hilarious. We all know it comes from 1978. As mentioned, this thing doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon and is only growing stronger in popularity. Disney and Lucasfilm aren't even trying to ignore it anymore, and hopefully they come to fully embrace this thing. Now, let's get to my episode all about it. What's happening? Welcome back to the Everything 80s Podcast. I'm Jamie. Thanks for coming on out today. So what's the worst movie you've ever seen? 
To give you an idea of how bad the Star Wars Holiday Special is, take that terrible movie you have in your mind, double it, then double it again, then add Mac and Me, then take a sort of dash of the Garbage Pail Kids movie, and then sort of smush Howard the Duck into it. Then throw up all over it. What you're left with still looks like Citizen Kane compared to the Star Wars Holiday Special. That's what we're looking at today. The Star Wars Holiday Special was a television variety special produced by CBS that aired on November 17th, 1978. It was intended to keep the public's interest in Star Wars, but is considered one of the worst shows in TV history. Before we get to all that, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. I should be there. Okay, here we go. So this is probably my favorite subject of anything to do with pop culture, nostalgia, movies, all that stuff. I've seen this thing multiple times, so I am able to be your tour guide to show you everything about this special that makes it so bad. You might not have ever heard of the Star Wars Holiday Special. It's becoming a little more prominent again now, which stuff we'll get to a bit later. So you might be familiar with it. If you've already seen it, you know it ex- you know exactly what I'm talking about, but I'm going to go further into depth. If this is the first time you're ever hearing of this thing, buckle up. Okay, here we go. So let's set the stage for this special. So you've probably heard of the movie Star Wars, the small indie film from 1977. It, of course, changed movies forever. No one had ever seen anything like it, and Star Wars fever was everywhere. George Lucas could now continue his trilogy as planned, but it was going to be years until the next offering, which was going to be The Empire Strikes Back. Lucas and the studio needed something to keep fans happy and to keep Star Wars in the minds of the public. They probably shouldn't have worried about that with this thing. The thing was, though, any inclusion of Star Wars content was still helping to sell tickets as the movie stayed in theaters for so long. It was in for like over a year. People just constantly wanted to go see this thing. There weren't the big, giant 32-screen multiplexes. It was just a couple of screens at most theaters. Any time... Star Wars was brought, it didn't matter what it was brought up in, it was most often a lot of TV shows or specials or news reports or variety shows, which we'll cover more in a bit too. Shows like Donnie and Marie, The Richard Pryor Show, they all wanted to capitalize on the success of Star Wars. Saturday Night Live would do it too, but any just little mention of this thing would create more ticket sales. So CBS came to Lucas and said they needed to strike while the iron was hot. If these shows and references were creating even more success for Star Wars, what about a full-on TV Star Wars special? I mean, things would go through the roof. But George Lucas was a busy guy. He obviously had The Empire Strikes Back to focus on. He had a lot more money and freedom now to create the movie of his dreams. So he could help develop the concept of this TV special, which we'll cover in a moment, but he didn't have time to undertake and oversee an entire TV special. This lack of control over this Star Wars project, I'm using air quotes, is apparently what made him so possessive of the franchise and and such a control freak when it came to everything to do with production. Okay, here's the plot of the Star Wars Holiday Special, if you haven't seen it or if you have. Han Solo is trying to get Chewbacca back to his home planet of Kashyyyk to celebrate the Wookiee Holiday Life Day. That's it. That's the entire plot. What unfolds over the next two hours are various side distractions while we wait for Chewbacca and Han Solo to get back. 
just the start of this thing is worth looking at a little deeper. Uh, We start in the home of his family, and that includes his son, Lumpy, Chewbacca's wife, Mala, and his father, Itchy. If you needed a quick indicator of how bad this thing is, you find out in the immediate opening scene, for 10 straight minutes, there is not a single line of dialogue. All we hear are the Wookiees communicating with each other. It's nearly half the length of an average sitcom without commercials. There are no subtitles. There is no, you know, scrolling opening credits like in all the Star Wars movies that give you sort of plot exposition and explains what's happening. There's nothing. You're just in their living room, in their treehouse, on their home planet, just listening to them growl back and forth while you try to figure what the hell is going on in this thing. Finally, this opening scene is broken up by comedy legend Art Carney, of all people, and he gives us a little more plot exposition. We find out sort of what's going on. Um, The Empire is aware of Chewie and Han. They're trying to lock down the area. They're trying to intercept Han Solo and the Millennium Falcon. Eventually, they'll talk about martial law being declared on the planet, and they, you know, they lo- they're locking down the area around Chewie's home. But this is when things start to get a little bizarre. So, r- this early opening scene um, when Art Carney comes starts with the little Chewbacca's son Lumpy, and he watches a video hologram performance of this very creepy circus show done by a very early Cirque du Soleil. This is when they were just getting started. It feels like you're watching a bad acid trip. So like I said, that's one of these time-killing mechanisms they use to extend this thing the full two hours because there's basically nothing happening happening with the plot. Here are some more of those time-killing scenes. We get a cooking show. It's featuring a Julia Child-like alien creature called Gormanda, played by Harvey Corman. And this is Chewie's wife now watching a full instructional show on how to make what they call Bantha Surprise. Harvey Corman is actually pretty good in this whole special. He plays a few more parts. But this whole scene, it's not like a clip of it. It's watching the entire cooking sequence. The next thing, probably the most disturbing part of the entire special, is this fantasy sequence involving singer Diane Carroll and the grandfather, Wookiee, in a scene that can only be described as earmuff this if you have any kids around, but it's like softcore porn. And apparently, this is what the writers were actually going for. They were trying to sort of, it's not like there's any nudity or anything like that involved, but they're trying to actually capture that essence for what whatever reason. I don't know if it's just to see what they could get on network TV, but the fact that this appears in what is a kid show is alarming. Cher was actually first asked to play this role, but smartly declined. It's just, again, if you haven't seen this thing, it's hard to picture. If you have, you know exactly what I mean. Whatever the intention was, the way it was executed just leaves you feeling like (laughs) absolutely filthy. It's that bad. The next uh, time-killing thing we see that goes on, and remember, this is spread out through the entire show, a performance by Jefferson's Starship. And this is one of the easiest ways to kill some time. And I'm honestly surprised we didn't get more performances by them throughout the entire special. Again, it's sort of watching this little mini hologram performance. 
And uh, the connection, I mean, it makes no sense. It makes just as much sense as seeing Kiss in the Paul Lynn Halloween special, if you've ever seen that. I mean, I think the only thing is they have the name Starship in their name, and that made sense. Uh, one of the most absurd is we watch an actual video technical instruction manual, like an, an online manual for how to like put components together of this like piece of electronic. Um, this, this one is just straight up time wasting. And I've, again, I've seen the show multiple times and I still don't know what is happening in this instructional video. We just see little lumpy watching Harvey Corman again, who's playing a robot and is guiding us through this sort of technical manual while lumpy falls along trying to put this thing together. And again, I'm not even sure what he's putting together. I doubt the writers even had anything in mind. They just had to kill time. I'll explain why in a little bit. Another big side distraction scene is uh, a cantina sort of closing time bar song. And it's not the worst part of this whole thing. And it actually gives us a bit more of a connection to the original Star Wars movies because it's set in the cantina. But the problem is, if you're a Star Wars fan, I think we're to assume that this cantina we're watching is on Chewbacca's home planet of Kashyyyk. I hope that's how it's always said. That's what I've always been going with. I think some people maybe say Kashuk. I'm going with Kashyyyk. But we all know that this cantina was on Mos Eisley, so I'm not sure where we're supposed to think this is. But the point is the Empire is trying to lock down everywhere they can. And I think it's just left up to us to decide that maybe these planets are close together or it's happening through the entire galaxy. Either way, like I said, not the worst part of the special, but features B. Arthur, who's actually a legitimately good Broadway singer. And she's recreating her role of Maud, if you know that character. This goes back a little ways. So she runs the cantina and she sings this very sort of lay Miz life is terrible, but here's to lifestyle of song. The costumes of the creatures are sort of okay, but you know, they didn't have a huge budget. So a lot of them are not really close up shots. Apparently those costumes were so hot that people were passing out while filming. And that scene, because they were sort of crunched for time, took a straight 24 hours to film. They shot from 6 a.m. to 6 a.m., like with breaks here and there, but they had to go straight through and people were dropping like flies. This is also another appearance we get of Harvey Corman, this time as an alien that drinks through the top of his head. And like I said, Corman is good throughout this whole thing. And he was said to be really the only one who kept the mood upbeat on set. He kept things more light and fun. And, you know, considering most of the people there just wanted to gouge their eyes out. Speaking of that, Throughout this whole special, we get actual appearances by Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, R2-D2. Uh, we get some scenes of Darth Vader, but they're taken out of A New Hope. Um, so the thing is, unless you had seen Star Wars like, you know, dozens of times in the theaters, you might not have remembered every scene. So you might have thought that these clips that they took out of Star Wars, the original, might have been made just for the special. It was maybe hard to put it all together. Harrison Ford, of course, is in this. He's in at the beginning. He's also at the end. He clearly does not want to be there. He looks so pissed off to film this thing, especially in the opening scenes. 
they start with uh, a shot of him in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon and you can see he's getting off camera direction and he's just losing his mind and he finally has to just like point at the camera to acknowledge that he's there but he's just visually or yeah visibly angry they weren't stars yet and they were still under this you know early contract probably weren't getting paid a lot but had no choice but to appear in it you know things would get better as the series would go on but it seeing Harrison Ford in this is just is awesome it's so funny okay so there's enough ludicrous stuff going on anyway and there's one actually decent part which if you've seen it you know what I'm talking about we'll get to that in a second but if this whole thing is not absurd enough the ending is where it just goes from ludicrous to straight asinine um like drug fueled trip asinine so Chewbacca and Han sorry there's going to be spoilers here in case you haven't seen it Here's your spoiler warning. Chewbacca and Han have finally got home. Uh, there's some battles with uh, some stormtroopers. Nothing substantial, just these little set-piece fights. So now the Life Day celebrations can begin. And Life Day happens every four years for the Wookiees. So now the festivities which we are watching, which look like they're being filmed in a cave, include Princess Leia actually singing a song to the the tune of the Star Wars theme. While she's singing, the Wookiees are now walking around in these long red robes in this sort of weird, looks like an animal cult scene. Carrie Fisher, God rest her soul, it clearly on some sort of mind-altering substance in this scene. You can just see it. She's there, but she's not there. And just the fact that Princess Leia is singing is ridiculous. This... Okay, as this is finishing, it sounds like I'm making this up, but it's not. As this is finishing, the Wookiees are walking through space toward a bright light, wearing these red robes in some of the worst use of green screen you will ever see. The budget apparently seems to have been completely spent at this point because the other Wookiees clearly don't have Wookiee costumes or suits. They're basically wearing sort of knockoff masks and a straight robe over these people who are like seven foot tall. So it just looks like a bean pole in red with a Chewbacca mask on it. Again, just watching this, you'll understand how ludicrous it is, but don't take my word for it. Let's listen to the words I will read of Princess Leia herself closing out the show when she's giving her little testimony to the spirit of life day after singing her song. She goes, quote, we're all the same in our struggle against the powers of evil and darkness. I hope the day will come that there will always be a day of joy in which we can reaffirm our dedication and our courage and more than anything else, our love for one another. This is the promise of the tree of life. And I should point out that the tree of life has not been mentioned once in this entire special. Okay, so I've mentioned this thing is two hours and there's all this time killing that's happening. Why was this thing so long? I'd say at best with the content there, you'd maybe get 30 minutes from this. And if you consider a half hour show has only 22 minutes, the rest of the commercials, you could maybe put something together, but it still would have been awful. An hour long is out of the question and two hours is is what resulted in the mindlessness we got with this special. In fairness, they only intended for this thing to be an hour-long special, but since Star Wars was so hot, every advertiser wanted to get on board. 
since of course the network only had dollar signs in their eyes, they accommodated all the advertisers by stretching this thing to two hours. And like I said, there's barely 20 minutes of usable content. And this is why we get all those long extended scenes that are killing time waiting for Han and Chewie. Like I said, the opening 10 minutes, that cooking scene alone goes on for five minutes. In in the scope of TV, five minutes is an eternity. That's how long that is. Again, and then there's stretches of time with no dialogue. The cantina scene feels like it's its own like half hour show. It just seems like it's never ending. Any time wasting opportunity is taken advantage of. And the best example of this is a glorious scene with Art Carney and only Honeymooners fans would catch this. So if you don't know the Honeymooners, uh, it's kind of hard to explain. But as his character in the Star Wars Holiday Special, he's sitting down to show one of the guards one of these pieces of equipment. And he goes into the classic Ed Norton bit. And if again, if you don't know this from the Honeymooners, he would always do these scenes where he had to, if he had to sign a piece of paper or, you know, do something, he would always take forever to set himself up. He would like you know, sweep dust away. He would make sure his hat was right. He would make sure the lighting and it would always result in Ralph Cramden just exploding and yelling at him to get on with it. So they do this exact scene in the Star Wars holiday special as uh, Art Carney's character is doing all these things, getting distracted. And then the guard just loses it, loses it on him. So that, that was a brilliant, not only time-wasting scene, but a callback to one of the greatest shows of all time in The Honeymooners. So I mentioned how George Lucas was sort of involved, but not fully. So who put this whole thing together? And this is where it sort of gets interesting and explains a little bit of the absurdity of this special. If you look at the credits of the people involved, you will see they have a lot of experience in TV, but specifically TV variety specials, which I'd mentioned a few of them before. And the fact this was a variety special, but why would Star Wars be a variety special? Why wouldn't they have just put together some cool, like, half-hour Mandalorian type thing. Well, again, I'm not sure how old you are, but variety shows were the bee's knees, let's say, during the 60s and 70s. I mean, there was nothing really else to do uh, besides movies or TV at home in the 60s and 70s. There's obviously no internet, no streaming services, nothing. So primetime TV was the focal point of most people's entertainment. And since there were only three networks, variety shows were these large, giant sort of celebrations of entertainment, and they were treated like major events. Everybody had a variety show. They were on all the time, and people would wait weeks and weeks, and they'd push these things through the roof because this was like the classic form of entertainment. It kind of goes back to like vaudeville days where you get a variety of different entertainment components like singing and dancing and sketches and comedy and all that sort of thing. I mean, just over the years, you've probably been familiar with some of these variety shows like Sonny and Cher. I said Donnie and Marie, The Carol Burnett Show, maybe the most famous example, The Brady Bunch, Bunch Variety Hour. I mentioned the Paul Lind Halloween special. Again, if you want to see another train wreck, look up this one on YouTube as well. It, it's horrifying, but stupidly good at the same time. And then every celebrity you've ever heard of had a variety show during the 60s and 70s, like Dolly Parton, the Jacksons, John Denver, Johnny Cash had one, Diana Ross, everybody. So like I said, it's all this 
special made for TV event that had singing, dancing, surprise guests, all these different multiple sketches. Um, they were huge. So even though they were huge, they really had started to fade going into the late 70s. But it didn't matter. The premise of the Star Wars holiday special would be variety based. And that explains those bizarre musical numbers and the sketches that were unrelated or having the guest actors like Art Carney or Harvey Corman. But how could this work with Star Wars? Well, it clearly didn't. Um, fun fact, where they filmed the Star Wars holiday special is the same set where they record the Ellen show today. So that's interesting. So we mentioned about George Lucas being involved, but what was his involvement? He was there for the script development, but they did that in just one day. Uh, the premise of the Wookiee spending life day at home was actually considered as the original opening shot of A New Hope. And Lucas had done a lot of work about the Wookiees, and he believed that could be its own movie or that would be some sort of standalone thing. Whatever. He had all this information and basically like this Wookiee Bible, and he let the writers have access to all of his notes and all of his creations. So... The problem is the script got reworked so many times that it resembled nothing close to what George Lucas had first come up with. The constant rewrites just created in the mess we got. Every time new advertisers came on board, the, the special was extended, so they had to rewrite the whole thing, add in extra scenes, extend other scenes. It was just they could never keep on top of it. The rewrites were getting so out of hand, there was apparently going to be a scene where Luke Skywalker was going to sing. Mark Hamill, thankfully, vetoed this. Okay, so I mentioned there was one good part of the special, and here it is. The only standout is an animated sequence that happens sort of around the halfway point. This gives us the very first appearance of Boba Fett. And I know he did appear in a deleted scene in A New Hope, but whatever. This is the first time anyone had ever seen him. In this whole cartoon sequence, we see the Millennium Falcon, which I'm not sure if we're supposed to believe is happening while the holiday special is going on. That's sort of a little hazy. But either way, in this cartoon, the Falcon crash lands on the moon of Perina, or sorry, Pana. Uh, our first meeting with Boba Fett is when he saves Luke from a sea monster, and he says he is there to help the rebels. Han and Luke are infected by this weird sleeping virus, and Boba Fett and Chewie go to look for a cure. Turns out that Boba Fett is actually in contact with Darth Vader. C-3PO finds out about this, and then they confront Boba Fett when they return. He takes off, gets out of there, and we're not going to see him again, and technically for the first time, until the Empire Strikes Back. So the cartoon is pretty great, and you can sometimes find just versions of the cartoon on YouTube. Some of the full holiday specials have it removed due to um, whatever copyright issues. I'm not sure how that all works, and considering George Lucas doesn't think this thing even exists or even acknowledges his, its existence, if you put this up and get sort of a copyright infringement, they are acknowledging it, so maybe we'll see it in some form in the future but it's honestly like very good it's uh, animated by a company out of toronto and they took uh, this whole i guess little script premise george lucas actually wrote it so that's why it does feel very star warsy nothing was really changed from what he created 
Uh, they all the animate it in a certain style, which gives it a bit of that 70s dated look, but I think also makes it really unique. And the cartoon also features all the voices of the principal actors. So that's what, again, makes it really cool instead of just getting sort of substitutes. Interesting thing, uh, Don Franks performs the voice of Boba Fett. You might know him best as the voice of Dr. Claw on Inspector Gadget. Okay, so how did the Star Wars Holiday Special go over? So obviously not well, but I assume you already knew that. It only aired one time uh, and then essentially disappeared forever. But for that night in the ratings, it did decently. But of course it should have. This was a Star Wars event for TV after all. And the opening minute and the opening credits make it seem awesome until it gets going. So for the ratings, it did well drawing in around 13 million viewers, but it actually didn't even win its time slot. I guess the thing is Star Wars is still relatively new and only the super fans, mainly kids, were aware of it. So if you're the average older person, you probably have not a lot of interest. But again, it still did well. But the problem was it was so long and so absurd that most kids, again, who are the target audience, couldn't stay up long enough to see it and the ratings for the second hour just dropped so i was way too young at the time to see this thing i was barely born but for you know say the average kid who's like maybe seven years old or eight years old you're so excited to see this thing and then that diane carroll scene happens if you're a parent you're like that's it this thing is done plus it's just ludicrously stupid at the same time so it explains the massive drop off in the second hour So in fairness, everyone involved with this show realized they had a train wreck on their hands, but it was too late to change anything as they had to get this out in time for the holidays. This is also why it's not a Christmas special. It's a holiday special because it was meant just as much for the Thanksgiving time period as it was for Christmas. Since the special only aired once, no one was able to relive what they had just seen. It sort of existed as this weird, almost like, hallucination and people like did you see that thing last night but no one really had vcrs i i doubt like the percentage is minuscule so no one could tape it relive it talk about it watch it on youtube they're just like did that actually just happen but over the years legend of the special started to grow eventually bootleg copies started making the rounds on old VHS tapes. If you've ever seen the White and Nerdy video by Weird Al Yankovic, there's a scene where he's like, as the nerd, trying to buy what looks like drugs in an alley, and it turns out it's a VHS copy of the Star Wars Holiday Special. But again, like it started making the rounds, and many would discover it for the first time years later, years and years later. This is when George Lucas allegedly said he wished he could smash every copy with a hammer. Now, of course, it's much easier to share it through torning sites. And like I said, there have been great copies on YouTube for years. There's even, I'm not sure if it's still up, but there's one of the actual um, broadcast copy tapes from a network in Ohio. I can't even remember what network, but it's like the exact thing they would have aired that night. So the the copy is flawless. Uh, There's some other versions that are the odd person who maybe did have a VCR who'd record it with the commercials intact. So those are awesome to see. So what were the reactions of the cast? Just a few last funny things about this. And like I said, with George Lucas, he talked about wanting to smash this thing with a hammer. No one wants to be associated with it. 
Now the stars of Star Wars are all household names. They weren't famous yet, and they had no choice but to appear in it, like I mentioned before. And it's amazing how much they hate being involved. Like Just like Harrison Ford, you can see how much he hated it. There's a great interview that Harrison Ford did on late night with Conan O'Brien and Conan. And this is years ago. This is like 20 years ago. And Conan O'Brien brings up the holiday special and Harrison Ford lunges at him, you know, comedically, but he goes into this sort of like starts developing a tick when he hears it and then lunges. It's awesome. C-3PO actor Anthony Daniels once humus humorously threatened an interviewer saying that watching the holiday special would cause you to die. And Carrie Fisher reportedly agreed to do a DVD commentary only if she could get a copy of it. So her reason was she wanted to have something to put on to force people to leave parties at her house when she wanted them gone. Okay, let's start winding it down here. The competition for worst Star Wars entry is sadly a competitive category now, but the Star Wars holiday special takes the cake. The problem is, I mean, for the people who tried to think this thing didn't exist and how George Lucas wanted to distance himself from it, it has now become Star Wars canon, which means it technically lives forever and is a very real thing because it's been referred to, if you watch The Mandalorian, they refer to Life Day in the very first episode. There's also a Lego Star Wars holiday special that has been released on Disney Plus, and it's paying complete tribute to Life Day. There's even some sound effects from the Wookiees, and Mala, Lumpy, and Itchy are all in it. So this thing is real. Um, And for George Lucas and the people who tried to Uh, push themselves away from it it's not going away anytime soon we can only pray that we ever get a good proper re-release on blu-ray or released on disney plus um maybe petitions will be begun but that's the dream so deep down i love this thing i i love it for the absurdity I love how ridiculous it is. I love the fact people work so hard to get this thing on the air. And again, it's we can only look at it the same way you do like you can't not look at an accident. It's that it's on that sort of scale. So if you haven't seen it, what are you waiting for? Like there are several great copies on YouTube, but I have a challenge for you. If you watch it, see how far you can get watching this thing straight before you check your phone, uh, open a new browser or turn it off altogether. I'm betting you won't make it more than 12 to 15 minutes max. If you can do that, you're a stronger person than I am. Okay, back to current day me. I hope you enjoyed this look back at the Star Wars holiday special. Thanks for joining me for this episode. And if you're in a position to support this channel, you can go and check out patreon.com slash 80s to see the different audio rewards you can get and the different tier levels that start as little as two bucks a month. There is the Boba Fett level, which gives you access to the Everything 80s Movie Club. I have a higher tier where you get a shout out and bio on the episode. So if you're just, you know, interested, that's patreon.com slash 80s. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash 80s or wherever you're listening to this on there should be a link that'll take you there. That's it for me. Thank you for listening. Talk to you soon.